podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So here we are, the Europa League final. Plan to do a full recap once this is out of the way and we can reminisce over a European Cup victory or a nightmare. Remains to be seen, but I think looking back on the Premier League, it'll be positive. We finished second, an improvement. You know, going into this final, we should be optimistic throughout the season when things haven't been going our way. We've managed to bounce back. You know, our record from coming from behind, it should be all considered. You know, Villarreal, we'll get into it as the podcast goes on, but I wouldn't be too frightened. You know, throughout the podcast, you'll notice I'm really excited about the Europa League final. Yeah, second-rate competition, but I didn't stop us enjoying it in 2017 either. You know, when the Reds took over Stockholm, it's obviously less stories to tell about this Europa League campaign because fans haven't been given that luxury to experience new destinations. You know, over 2,000 Reds will travel to Gdansk for a night they'll never forget. Hopefully United are victorious. You know, you'll hear now in a minute from Andy during the podcast, contributor on the blog who was back at Old Trafford for the game against Wolves. You know, give his thoughts on what it was like. So before I jump into the Europa League preview, we'll hear from Andy. So, I was at the game on Tuesday night, the first time in the ground for over a year since the Manchester derby. It was great to be back, but also pretty weird. Um, from the set staggered arrival times to all the testing and ticketing differences, going in a different part of the ground and not sat in my usual seat. Um, I was also on my own, and as my lad, he's doing uh, exams at uni. So, all adding up to a different experience. Um, it's good. You know, football found a way to attend these last two games, but I don't think it's a viable option moving forward. It's just way too much hassle and, and kills the enjoyment. Um, I never really got the buzz of a, of a typical match day either, if, if I'm honest. Um, On to the game. The game was, was all right. The first half was better for us, and the goal from Cavani was just ace. Very similar and flashbacks to Scott's goal last March. Um, it was great to actually be in the ground celebrating these things again with with fellow United fans. Uh, the atmosphere was okay in, in pockets. I mean, Old Trafford isn't the best ground for this, but everyone made a real effort from the green and gold. Glazers out chance, chance to Eddie's champ. Uh, just a quick point on the protests. <clears throat> I've been actively involved in all of them so far, but this was a game that was never really going to work. Uh, like I said, staggered arrival times. If you missed it, the threat was you wouldn't get actually get in the ground. Um, Pretty much everyone is working at that time, during that time of the day, so getting a crowd together was always going to be difficult. Um, we really need to pick our battles on, on this, I think, as regards protest goes. Be consistent and relentless in our protest, both inside and outside the ground, 
and home and obviously away next season as well, which would just be epic. Um, like I said, it was good to be back, but not an experience that United fans will tolerate more than a couple of times, I don't think. Um, I just can't wait to get back into a full bouncing Stratford end again. I'd like to thank Andy for that bit of input for the podcast. We'll definitely hear from him again throughout next season. You can get his thoughts on com as a regular contributor and always offering a, ni- a nice view on things from a, from a fan's perspective, which which is very important in the way we, we cover our stuff on the website. So this week, we'll be discussing how Manchester United have been preparing for the Europa League final. You know, it could be worse, but it could be a whole lot better. There's no denying that. Our results in the league haven't been very good. I think we've we've slogged to the end of the season, um, really. And then with the injuries, of course, with Harry Maguire, it, it's a huge one. You know, I've slated him from time to time on this podcast this season. But if you think we're better without him, selecting two of either Lindelof, Bali or Tunzebi, you may as well give up football. You know, a big problem there for me exists from the point that this season, as a duo, none of that three have formed a formidable pair. Not even this season, but before that. You, know, you look at Bali and Lindelof, I, I, I don't remember many performances they've put in together. That gives me any confidence going into a, a Europa League final, really. Should be confident, but look, I, I think we have the attacking players to, to nullify Villarreal. And we can get over that hurdle, but it does it does send a bit of doubt into our minds, of course. You know, Maguire's, a, like I said, I've slated him from time to time on the podcast, but there's no denying his crucial presence in our defence. He's an operator. I suspect he'd be doing a bit of that on the touchline or the sideline in Gdansk. Being without him, it's it's far from ideal. You know, it's telling how many perform, how many appearances he's made at the club since he's arrived. He very rarely misses matches, and that, and that for, for for a defender is, is is rare at Manchester United in recent years. You know, even go back to Ferguson's final few years, Vidic and, and Ferdinand, they had their injury problems. It's been a while since we've had a consistent performer back there, and he is certainly one of them. So when you take him out of such a crucial game, it, it is a worry. But the players, look, they they owe it to one another to win this Europa League. I've been happy this season. I've been happy with the improvement in our performances. I know it's not ideal. We still haven't really found our identity on the pitch just yet. But there's definitely improvements. You know, it can, to finish second in the league... When you consider the manager can't be too happy with his goalkeeping situation. Because neither of the goalkeepers, I, I feel, have really stood out this season. When De Gea was, was, was backed for a long period of time throughout mistakes, questions were beginning to be asked about Dean Henderson, whether he could stand up. And then questions were being asked, oh, he's not getting the game time to prove himself. He did get a run of games. In that run of games, I think more of them I was happier than not, but... That Liverpool game was, was a disaster for him. And I think that that could, may have put the doubt in, in, in Solskjaer's mind ahead of this Europa League. And we, we'll get on to the goalkeeping debate even more towards the end. But I think the, the players, a trophy at long last, a possible gateway for more success, that's crucial. You know, the likes of Greenwood, Marcus Rashford, and that they need to start winning trophies to start breeding that kind of mentality around the dressing room. And the one for more. Now we've been here before as well. 
I don't want to press on, 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 on that point and kind of suggest that by winning the Europa League that Manchester United will then go on and, and be victorious in other competitions. Because we've been there in 2017. The problem then was, I think, the foundations were being laid, but the, the board weren't there to, to back it. They weren't there to back the manager the same way that Man City across the city were willing to back Pep Guardiola. And you can slate, and like I, I've done so, Mourinho was far from perfect. You can slate him, but there was elements there that he was not back the way he should have been. Or the way in which our rivals that we, we were competing against were being, were being backed. And that, that's a problem. You'd hope Solskjaer, he's done really well this season. The Europa League, if he comes out on top of that, that he would be backed in the summer. He deserves to be. He's done the work. But this is, there's a bit of a fear in my mind with the club not getting their own way with the, the, Europe, the European Super League and the money that was promised from that. Were they banking this summer on, on having that money available? You know, we didn't have many fans. We didn't have any fans at games this season, and they used that as an excuse last year. They didn't have any money put away for a rainy day. Kind of mentioned already that I'm not too frightened by Villarreal, so we're not going to bang the drum about or hyping them like other podcasts might. They finished seventh in the Liga, two places behind Real Sociedad. We you know we knocked them out already in the Europa League. They didn't cause us any problems either. The Granada, so probably not the best idea to dwell too much, knowing what fantastic players that we already have available in attack. Cavani at the moment, you know he he's gonna want to win the Europa League again. To end the season on a high, and to go into the next campaign then on the back of something, back of it, you know he's, he's writing this chapter for his career. He wanted to end it on a high note. Bruno Fernandes, he'll be breeding for success. So Maguire, I know it's definitely a blow. But a record of late against Spanish teams is decent. Villarreal would be hard to play against. They, they like to play it slow, plenty of possession. So ultimately, I think it'll be a game of small margins. My prediction is United to win 2-1. And that, and that would be That would be perfect. You know, at the start of the season, if you asked any United fan, what would you expect this season? What would be your, your objective? It would be to finish second in the league, to improve our form, and, and, to, and to, yeah, to, do, to do well in the, the Champions League, probably reach the quarterfinals. But, and we didn't get that far, but we were in the Europa League final. And it's something to play for, and it's a trophy to hopefully end the season on a high note. And then, fingers crossed, fans back in their droves next season and as Andy said as well the intensity of, of the protests and, and the message that fans are trying to send back to the to the owners that has to continue and, and, and measured you know the right times to to have these protests when people are available when they're not working and it's and there's not kind of restrictions in place for attending the game but that might also call for for a bigger, for a bigger call. And time will tell. You know, elsewhere in the news this week, Bruno Fernandez winning United's Player of the Year. wasn't surprised to hear this. In all honesty, um, I voted for him in the the Football Writers Player of the Year, which was won by Ruben Diaz, a great purchase. You know, United were looking at him a few years ago. 
I think Mourinho was in charge then. We ran a report on the blog, which you can find on AustraliaNews.com. United didn't didn't sign him. They passed up on it, and I think they got Harry Maguire instead, who, look, we're talking about missing him. But United, in recent years, they haven't bought enough defenders, enough quality defenders, and they've got rid of, they've got rid of, funny enough, rid of defenders in the past that you could argue would have had a, a role in the team maybe even last season or this season. You know, Fernandez also repeated Ruben Nisselroy's achievement to win the Sir Matt Busby Player of the Year award in both of his first two seasons at the club, and he becomes the only fifth player to retain the award. You know, he, and he he's someone as well that, you know, you talk about wanting leaders in the dressing room and players that are hungry to win. Since he's come in, he's he's added that, and we just, I, I think, I feel at times, maybe in those semi-finals that we we were defeated in, that we just need that a little bit more. And that's where the transfer window comes in. And there's reports, obviously, at the moment about Harry Kane, Jaden Sancho, and Varane, Real Madrid. You know, if, if United were to get in three of them, it would cost mad money. And money that I don't think Soldier has available to him. So, so we don't know just yet who United are prioritising. I certainly hope that Bruno Fernandes wins more than Rude during his time at Old Trafford. Because that would be a real shame. You know, Van Nistelrooy was a fantastic player and... Didn't win enough Premier League titles. Bruno Fernandes as well, still waiting. Hopefully next season. But but I think realistically and, and, and thinking what I would expect from, from this transfer window, I think best case scenario would probably be two seasons down the line. I think it's still a bit of a push. It's manageable, but looking at how the board has operated in previous transfer windows, it's, it's hard to be to be optimistic. I think we've bought well. I think we've bought good players. We've definitely improved the side and we've got rid of players that we needed to. But to make that jump to win a title, it, it, it's it's going to require some investment. And I, and I don't mean loads of players. I think we have the foundations of a really good squad. So I think the big talking point, I suppose to, to wrap up the podcast really, and ahead of the Europa League final, is the Hay and Dean Henderson. And we ran a report... This week on Monday, understanding that Solskjaer is expected to to give the nod to David De Gea on Wednesday night, Dean Henderson resigned to the bench. That was brought by reporter Leah Smith, who broke the news, like I said, at first on Monday. Club source confirmed it's a general feeling at the club that De Gea will be named the manager starting eleven. You know what does that mean for Dino's future? Like he needs to nail down a place and someone starting eleven, and I don't see him sticking around at United if he's to miss out a place in the Europa League final. I know people could argue that it's only one game, but uh, it's a real hint. It's a real hint that he that he won't be trusted next season. He needs he needs clarity. Like Soldier has a number of problems to address in the transfer market as well, so don't be surprised if the hay is backed. As number one again next season. I think it'd be a shame to lose a player like Henderson, who came through the youth academy. You know, he's attracted interest in the likes of Bayern Munich in the past. They know a good goalkeeper when they see one. And I feel it'd be a waste just to piss that away. The club know that getting rid of De Gea won't be easy. And the source has told us to expect a Sanchez-esque loan if the Spaniard was to leave this summer. That sounds difficult, whereas selling Henderson and strengthening the rear of the team just seems a bit more realistic. 
I would be interested to hear your thoughts on that situation, whatever happens in Gdansk. As I know the podcast will go out just around 24 hours before the game. Some of you may be listening back. Send me a tweet at Strati News with your thoughts on De Gea, Henderson, who should be first choice next season. The Mayor have reported that Tom Heaton at Aston Villa is on his way back to the club. Um, so there's a lot of kind of a lot of decisions to be made at Manchester United. I was a bit confused the other day when Solskjaer said that he doesn't expect many outgoings. And I count possibly around eight players or so that could leave the club. Um, you know, you look at the likes of, of Andres Pereira on loan at Lazio, Diego Dallo at AC Milan. You know, they're players that I, I don't think will be at the club next season. Juan Mata, his future is very much up in the air. I think if, 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 if the club were to go all out and to try and get a, a star in the summer and they had to do a make weight, could Anthony Martial's future be up in the air because he hasn't performed this season? Um, and he's getting to the age now where you'd start to kind of expect some consistency. And we're just not getting there. I know he's been injured towards the end of the season, but up until that point, when you were seeing his name in the starting eleven, you were probably scratching your head or banging your head against the table because he just wasn't performing. And we weren't seeing the, the Anthony Martial that we've seen 12 months prior when he scored over 20 goals that season. You know, we were hoping this campaign that he'd be able to replicate that. I think on Tom Heaton, moving on from the players that I think we'll leave, and we'll probably do another podcast on that. But with Tom Heaton, uh, it's, it's a call that I'd welcome. He'd come in as a, as a free agent. Lee Grant, I don't believe, will be getting a new contract. Um, You look at Sergio Romero, has been actively looking for a new club these past few months. And... One of the hair, Dean Henderson, I can't see at the club next season. So there's a number, there's a number of, of outgoings. It's just going to be an unpredictable market till it opens to see what clubs have money and what clubs are looking for players in in each position. And Manchester United have a lot of players that they could sell. The squad is big, and the squad has doesn't have a lot of balance. Feel there, there, there's a lot of options, but there's a lot of options that kind of seem similar. You look at Paul Pogba, his future is still up in the air. There was kind of some feelings that he was happy at the club, but that contract hasn't been signed yet. And it's hard to read the comment till we see that pen on that dotted line. So please subscribe to the podcast. It's a bit shorter one this week because it's really eager to see what happens in this Europa League final. What Villarreal can bring to the table, how they can try and notify Manchester United. I just think we have the players, the Edison Cavani's, the Bruno Fernandes, Marcus Rashford, you know, just Mason Greenwood. Is he going to start? Is he, are you going to squeeze him in? Does he come on off the bench and, and have a big impact? The, st- the stadium operators in Gdansk were, were previewing the, the audio and visuals um, today before the game, before the players' open training session. And while they were previewing the kind of the audio and visuals, they showed up a screen of, of Mason Greenwood as man the match. So writing on the wall. Mason Greenwood to to bring European glory to Manchester United. Speak to you again after the Europa League final. Have a good one. Sports Social Podcast Network.